What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this, this is the NWA, a podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. This has been a fun ride, and today I've got another great interview, not tooting my own horn, just great interview as in the talent that I get to talk to. It's been one of the coolest parts about having this show is just the people I get to talk to. Today is no different. It is Mr. Royce Isaacs, one half of the tag team, the wild cards, and our second interview in the special love triangle edition of this thing, I guess you could call it. Uh, we had Sal Renaro on last week, Royce on this week. These two have had their issues. If you've been watching NWA Power, as you can imagine, you can sort of see where this might be heading. Hopefully they work things out, but if they don't, uh, well, they happen to work at a job that lets you sort these things out another way. Royce is a genuinely cool guy that I've had a lot of opportunity to talk to before and after NWA shows, but we'll, we'll get into that before i get there just wanted to take a second to say thank you to all of you beautiful people out there the nwa community is so rad the interaction i see every single day everybody lifting each other up that sort of thing it's the it's the coolest part and it's the reason that i want to keep going with this sort of stuff i love celebrating the national wrestling alliance with you folks thank you so much for everything you guys have done sharing the content just being generous with your time giving your feedback that sort of thing really really cool i will ask uh what favor from me if you don't mind and i'm not gonna beg but if you get a chance as you know some things have happened throughout uh the last like month or so besides the pandemic i mean but some things have happened where uh we've had to start the youtube channel completely from scratch so it's just not getting a lot of activity right now not because of you guys but because of me i'm not putting anything up there but i am working on that and hopefully this weekend i'm gonna go dive in head first and get some content started to flow on the youtube channel i've got a really really cool special interview i'm gonna drop there first so if you wouldn't mind if you could uh, just click the link in the bio on any of the social medias it's at the nwa pod hopefully you already follow us but if you don't at the nwa pod everywhere just go ahead uh, click there and you can see a link tree right in the bio that'll get you to the new youtube and uh, we gotta have at least a hundred followers i think on there before you get a uh, custom url so i can you know change it to something that's easier to tell people if you wouldn't mind if you could click there and then click subscribe that would be super helpful if you've already got a google account like a gmail account or something that's all you got to do log in hit subscribe you're done and you can even hit a bell there that gives you alerts anytime something's posted so that's the big ask right now if you guys wouldn't mind doing that of course we always appreciate rating and reviewing on itunes and stuff like that but i would like to get the youtube channel back up to snuff so uh that would be really awesome of you if you guys would do that all right that out of the way only one more order of business i've got to tell you about our friends over at at manscaped.com they support this podcast so it'd be really cool if you can also toss some business their way and show them that you hear it that you appreciate them supporting this is the nwa and all you got to do is go to manscaped.com and they offer the best in men's below the belt grooming listen i get it people three years from now will probably think this is crazy but it's quarantine time it's a big deal in our in our world you're trapped inside the house for right now you can't really go out and party it up or anything 
anything and you know you're gonna let things go maybe start looking like a caveman by the time you come out of this thing one place you don't have to look that way though is below the belt you got to take care of your boys your family jewels you want to make sure they're looking their best because hopefully you still have somebody you're quarantined with or hopefully you got somebody you want to meet up with once you're out of quarantine and you just want to make sure you look your best that's why manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer the manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and they just released it it's the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 it's a third generation trimmer no fluff here i'm just telling you it has a cutting edge ceramic blade it prevents completely nicks and cuts so if you ever thought about it being too delicate of an area to take care of they've got advanced skin safe technology on this thing you will not get cut with it it's perfect and giving you no excuse not to groom Accidents are a thing of the past. You don't have to worry about that. When I tell you this thing is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts 90 minutes. If you want to go nuts, you go nuts. No pun intended. You're not going to shave like half this thing and the battery dies and then you're looking like a freak with half-trimmed pubes. This thing will last the entire time. You can get it done. One of the coolest features that I like is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming area for closer, more precise trim. Also, it provides a nice spotlight if sometimes you just want to lift his spirits down there and uh, shine a spotlight on him. Anyway, it's super quiet, super effective, comes with an amazing charging stand so you can show it off loud and proud. It's just, manscaped.com is top of the line stuff. I'm not kidding. If you're listening to me speak right now, I just want you to experience for yourself what I'm talking about. Trim that junk viewers. If you go over to manscaped.com, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code NWAPOD. N-W-A-P-O-D. So please support those guys. You don't have to get the lawnmower 3.0. I mean, I hope you do because you you need it. But they've also got deodorants, foot sprays, all kinds of stuff just to make yourself smelling better and looking good. They got body washes and stuff like that too. So lots of stuff. You got to check out manscaped.com. Their big deal is, is everywhere that most other products don't think of, Manscaped's got it covered. They're taking care of men all over the world. Anyway, so toss a little love their way. That shows them that you appreciate us too, and we appreciate you. And it's it's a full circle of love. You get 20% off and free shipping when you use NWA Pod over at manscaped.com. Speaking of circles of love, last week we had Sal Renaro. This week we've got Royce Isaacs, and they're all a little bit on edge about their relationships with May Valentine. So you can kind of see where the interview is probably going to go next week. But for now, I just want to say again, thanks to Royce Isaacs for doing this. And if you hear this and you like it, uh, besides the YouTube ask, I guess I would just say, let Royce know. Let him know you appreciate him. He's a really good dude. Enough rambling out of me. I am at This Is Gary Horn on all the social medias. If you want to hit me up. And again, the podcast is at the NWA pod. No further ado. Here he is, Mr. Royce Isaacs. told me uh, when we wrapped up to give you the biggest verbal hug that I could give you that he really likes you. I am going to give him the biggest verbal trash can and hit it with a baseball bat. Perfect. (laughs) 
Well, uh, Royce Isaacs, I'm going to go ahead and hit record here, if that's cool with you. Cool. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Well, thanks for doing this, Royce. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your, out of yeah. your busy schedule. What, what, what has gotten up your ass to do, like, a thousand interviews? You know, here's the thing. Um, I – okay, to be honest, I, I generally – don't enjoy doing wrestling podcasts. I don't mean that to start off on a wrong foot here, but it's just like you would be there's so many <laughs> there's so many that are uh so like repetitive and you can tell like either they're just asking the same questions that have already been asked you or this that what so I I have avoided them for a long time and then I realized man like I'm doing myself a disservice because regardless of even if it's you know only 30 new people that hear of me like it's one of those things that can build a better connection. And maybe it's someone that hasn't heard one of my other podcasts and hasn't heard my story of this or that or whatever. And if I can reach out and have a few people that really like me and follow me and dig, dig my stuff, it's going to be useful. So I think what I'm going to do from now on is just like not do podcasts for like two or three months and then just like take a week to do like at least 10 or something like that. And so that way I can at least still get that good balance, but it's just really hard when you do like, one a week or whatever it is, or some people are just like really disrespectful of your time where like, I'm like, dude, like I'm not going to do a podcast at 7 PM on a Saturday. Like I would literally rather sit in my room and do nothing than like, just like have my own time like played with like that. Or like, it's like, dude, like I'm doing you the favor. So like, can you at least work with my schedule a little bit? And like, you know, it's, it is what it is, but I like, I've, I've actually enjoyed this run of podcasts I've done in the last few days. I just think this is easier for me to digest where it's just like, boom, just bang them out and get it done with and then go back into hiding no that that makes perfect sense and i i totally get that because i that's kind of annoying to me honestly um when i yeah. listen to a podcast and i, I want to hear something from somebody and i'm hearing the same thing so like if i could just google you i could i could just get the information that i'm looking for so totally um, yeah so so it makes perfect sense i'm just here to talk to you royce about stuff like true crime like i'm, I'm oh just, yeah did you see once upon a time in hollywood yeah i actually saw it twice man it was, it was really cool to me to to watch it because I'm really good friends with uh, Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry, and obviously that's his dad's last film. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that was really cool to see uh, the scene with his dad and everything. I thought that was a really well done movie. Um, one of my favorite Tarantino flicks in probably a while since honestly maybe since his his original like uh, like Pulp Fiction and uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, no, I, I, it's also cool just to like have that be right around the area that I've lived for the last few years. That is one of the cool things being in LA. There's a lot of like different true crime stuff that's right nearby. I'm in Sherman Oaks. So the hill in between us and Hollywood, like the Wonderland murders happen there. Or then on the other side where you get to uh, like downtown, there's the Hotel Cecil, which Richard Ramirez stayed there in the 80s during his like during his killing spree at a, at a point. Or uh, Elisa Lam, uh, which was like national news like uh, like maybe eight, seven, eight years ago, um, she went missing there and then was found in a water tanker when uh, like the the people that were residents there were showering and they saw like dark like the like water was getting darker and stuff like that and they found her body up there and there's like this if you youtube elisa lamb elevator footage there's this really creepy footage oh dude, that's i've seen it uh, dude it's so weird it's so weird because you're like is she like possessed or is like what's going on here kind of thing yeah and there's like a movie uh dark water or something i think was like loosely i mean well yeah maybe maybe but it's like no no, no that that sounds right that sounds right how, how'd you feel about uh tarantino when he did 
went what he did with like the Manson, the whole Sharon Tate thing. I thought that was a uh, pretty crazy, like just the way he like reinvented that whole scene. Yeah, I think okay. So with with Tarantino, what um what interests me is like I, I think it was good that he had Inglorious Bastards first because I think it was almost jarring to me that like oh you're completely redoing uh like World War Two and Hitler and like the Holocaust and all this stuff, like it was kind of like, oh, well, like that, it, it almost like threw me off where it was harder for me to enjoy it. Cause I'm like, obviously this is, you know, complete, like not that movies are real, but like it kind of just threw me off. Like in terms of like, oh, this is, you know, he's going off the rails with this, but because he had done that before now, it was less jarring to see it in another fashion. I was almost kind of expecting it. Um, and then like, like, I mean, both times I saw it, the audience around me, like audibly popped when before Leo actually gets the flamethrower, like when he just looks at the shed and you realize like as a callback, Oh yeah. Earlier he was talking about his training and whatever. Right. Like it's like one of those moments. It's like almost like a wrestling moment when like Devon get the tables kind of thing. And you like the crowd's like, Oh shit. Like it was the same thing. I feel like for that. Um, I, en- I enjoyed it. It was different. It was, I like that the movie's not extremely violent. Like there's that little fight scene with Bruce Lee and whatnot um but like overall it's like build 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 doesn't overstay its welcome and then boom like a giant extremely violent uh go home there which is enjoyable like i i really didn't enjoy the hateful eight i thought it was way too slow and didn't lead to enough cool stuff eventually i was i was kind of zoning out in that one but like this one i thought was the perfect amount of time without overstaying its welcome and then really giving it a good enough crazy violent ending it's just it was weird to me just how well i saw some people bash it because of like the sharon tate thing like they thought she didn't have enough lines or anything but i was like it's kind of she's the heart of the whole movie and then the fact that she yeah. gets to uh well sorry for anybody who's listening who hasn't seen this movie it's just like <laughs> it's, it's old enough it's not a spoiler like come on bro <laughs> if you're mad about that like what were you waiting for like the five-year anniversary like come on right so it's like she gets to she gets to make it through it and it just kind of and just the way that like brad pitt kind of writes off the thing and he's like uh i don't know he says the devil is doing devil shit or something i don't know it was dumb <laughs> no i i popped big for that stuff like i thought that was that was crazy but yeah like what what's yeah. your, what's your uh, this almost sounds like a, a creepy ass question to be asking for anybody but like what's your favorite one because i know that you we'll, we'll get into this but but you and my wife both are like huge true crime fans and so that's why i know half the stuff i do and listen to the same podcasts and like, do you have like a favorite story or like just one that just in- intrigues you the most uh, out of these? Uh, man, uh, so I, I have a lot. I, I also I do have a hard time saying like favorite because like these are obviously terrible people doing terrible well, well, that's, things. That's why I was saying it sounds yeah. like a terrible question. I, I don't no, mean, like, no, no, no. Like you're, but, super but I, happy I know what you mean. Lived, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I certainly don't. I just want to also show respect to any like victims that might have like family members not that they'd be listening to a wrestling podcast but on the off chance that they do i don't want it to come off like i'm glorifying what's happened now that i've said that um to get into the meat of the the question um you know obviously uh like i think ted bundy's case is like a classic kind of like very interesting like wow how the hell did that happen i didn't appreciate the Netflix uh, movie that came out with a, uh, I thought Efron did a great job, but I just thought it glorified him too much and like left out too much of like the really shitty fucked up stuff that he did. 
that I, th I think you know what I mean like it, it probably should have been a more accurate representation of it but also like you can't have Zac Efron you know having sex with corpses so I understand why it became that but at the same time I thought it like almost glorified him too much because he obviously is one of the worst humans of all time um I think that Carl Panzram is a really interesting case because of he's a guy that was obviously a horrible human being, but he, when you look at his life and all the shit that he went through, you think, okay, this makes sense on like how you end up being such a awful person. There's, he's also, he, he basically wrote his own, he, he wrote like an autobiography via, he would, write like five pages at a time and give it to this uh guard uh i think his name was henry lesser and it was later uh later published and i i think that like he, he was like an interesting character that even though he wasn't like classically that well educated was a smart man he understood his his like what he had done and what was going on and he was a product of his environment so there is somewhat of like an empathy for like oh man like that's you know he's been through quite a bit and that's really tough uh and he also robbed uh william taft former president like years later because taft had imprisoned him early on in his life and he was like screw that guy i'm gonna get my revenge which is like crazy like to think like oh hell yeah i'm gonna rob a former u.s president but like carl panzram was a badass like that and did that um another really interesting one uh jack unterverger uh was an, like Austria's first uh, serial killer. And he's really interesting to me because he murdered, I want to say two women when he was younger in his life. And then he wrote a book about it, became really popular. Like, like his, his writing about his own life and all this stuff became really popular. I want to say like Norman Mailer and all these like American uh, pop culture people were like, Oh, you need to release this guy. He's been like, he, he has artistic value to the world. And he uh, is, you know, obviously been uh, re rehabilitated and all this stuff. And then he was released and then he started murdering again. And while he was, he was under suspicion for these prostit prostitution murders, he flew to Los Angeles from Austria. He participated in some ride-alongs and then was going visiting the red light district on his own free time and using the knowledge that he had gained uh, to continue his murder spree, uh, went back to Austria, committed it. Like the, the murder stopped in Austria while he was gone. They continued when he got back there. And at that point, the Austrian police were like, oh, we must have a serial killer on our hands. They they didn't really realize that like serial killer, like they didn't, they didn't have the long history that America had had at that point. So they weren't exactly sure what was going on until he came back and it continued. And they're like, this is definitely the guy, one person doing all of this stuff. And then uh, I think he, he fled with like, a waitress that he had just met and eventually his his mom or sorry the waitress's mom like narked him out i think they were in like miami or something like that and she had wired them money and she just told the police hey this is where they're gonna be um but it's like this crazy like anytime you can get arrested and then write a book that's beautiful enough that people go oh yeah he's definitely better he should be released and then you continue a murder spree it's like there's layers to that yeah, no kidding, man. I I don't I'm, I don't even think I'm familiar with that one. That's he's he's not as well known, and I'm kind of surprised like it hasn't been made into some kind of a movie um, or or anything. The uh, last one, I swear, last one. I'll uh, hey, <laughs> get man, to the I next asked. question. I asked. <laughs> um, Randall Woodfield uh, is really interesting as well to me because uh, I want to say he was like the I five bandit or the I five killer. He 
uh, was mostly in the Pacific Northwest, and he was actually drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but then he ended up getting cut before actually playing for them. But like he was like a good enough tight end that he was drafted by the pro ranks and almost made a team. Uh, and then yeah, he ended up he was going around like robbing uh, like Dairy Queens and Seven Elevens all along the uh, the I five corridor. And then uh, like he did a lot of really messed up stuff, exposing himself and uh, committing terrible crimes and, and murders and rapes. And then eventually he was uh, he was caught, but like. He still has this like almost like dating profile thing on his like uh like if you like try to write him or whatever where he's just like, Hey ladies, like I'm single and blah blah blah. Like I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, but I didn't like they didn't need my skill set at that time or whatever. And you're like, dude, like you're a multiple murderer, like you're a sick freak. Like, what's wrong with you? That is that is insane. You know, it's interesting to me because like what it, I, I I do another podcast. It's like a movie podcast, but I had a, another another friend of mine that really wanted to do a true crime podcast. So we were like tossing it around, and like right up the road from us is like Lumberton, North Carolina. Yeah, and uh, there has been like some weird stuff at Lumberton. And huh. since we, you know, we we kind of backed off of it. We we made friends with a guy who was actually like going out and like looking into this stuff. He was like a local news reporter. And oh, stuff. wow. But uh, yeah, just like weird stuff where like, uh, you know, a girl was like a runaway or something and she kind of went missing and uh, then they found her and uh, she had been murdered. And then uh, another girl that was like a, the local scene that had kind of been of Involved in the drug scene or something like that went on the news and talked about knowing her then like a week later she was dead and oh my god yeah it was just like crazy stuff but as i as i i kind of chickened out of it to be honest with you like i kind of was yeah. like i don't i don't i don't know how to handle any of that this is like active you know yeah. there's there's a podcast though uh for what it's worth now that guy that was the reporter uh started this podcast called dark water it's like the dark water podcast he started doing some stuff about it, but it's in Lumberton, North Carolina. And uh, anyway, interesting because for whoever's listening that are uh, NWA fans, I promise I'm going to ask Royce about NWA stuff in just a second. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that you want to know about Royce Isaacs. I, I was literally listening to this again today, but we are both fans of Last Podcast on the Left, and you were on uh, Ben Kissel's Kind of Fun podcast. Yeah. And you covered a ton there on, on as far as like your history and that sort of thing. But those guys do this kind of crap all the time, and I don't know how they do it. I appreciate you trying to put the disclaimer beforehand, but that was one of the things I thought of. Man, they are just running through this stuff, and they're funny as hell. But you're like, yeah, man, these are real stories too. That's 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 tough. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those guys are are pretty amazing at how they can deal with such serious and graphic. Uh, material and still are able to make it really fun and funny in a way that's not like demeaning and they're always still giving the uh the situation like the serious uh tone that it deserves as well when it's necessary um yeah i think they're, they're really great i think anyone that likes true crime should listen to crime in sports like even if you're not a big sports guy it's a really good podcast it's really expansive and it's another two comedians who do this extensive research on a criminal athlete. And sometimes there's more sports involved. Sometimes there's less, like there's been some obvious ones like uh, OJ Simpson and, and whatnot, but like they're, 
The one this week is some obscure bodybuilder I've never heard about, but he's done some crazy, crazy, insane crimes. And I, I love, I, honestly, Crime and Sports is probably like my number one uh, uh, podcast I listen to now. Um, and last podcast has been last podcast is honestly what kind of got me into listening to podcasts because before that I was never I was like oh like listen to people talk that's weird and then I I got it once I listened to the last podcast I was like this is what I like hearing about and it's like presented in a way that I can digest it because they're so funny and they're so entertaining yeah absolutely and uh the uh the first time I met you uh so I I think I've told this story on the show but we were at the Crockett Cup uh last year and yeah the wife and I went, it was like her first wrestling show and we had, I, I, I got her to go all in and we did the VIP thing and we got to hang out at this like dinner at a bar and you <laughs> and Tom and Camille came and sat with us. And I think Lagana came and sat too. Yeah. It was super intimidating at first. Cause I didn't know who any of you were at the time, to be honest. And, uh, I mean, I knew Camille, like I had seen Camille be like Nick Aldis's bodyguard or whatever, but you, you guys won over my wife because like she, she just was super into talking about everything that you guys were into talking about, probably <laughs> talking about wrestling all the time, but you, especially you were talking about true crime stuff and that's like, that's her jam. So she loves that stuff. So that's how I found out you were into it. Like Tom was talking about, he liked listening to metal as loud as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that, was that like the, did you and Tom know each other before then? Or was that like when you guys were first getting to know each other? No, we, uh, yeah, we were just like, like Cracker Cup last year was our first time teaming up ever. We were just getting to know each other. It was just one of those things that we we had a lot of like similarities and a lot of things that uh, were in common. It just it seemed to all fit. And then even the fact that we ended up in the wild card battle royal. So like the the little display said like the wild card team, the wild card team, and it was just like I think that's us. Like I think we are the wild cards. And so we've decided to own it and. Now we here we are, like you know, a year later. It's going to be our anniversary at the Crockett Cup. Hopefully, uh, like any good anniversary, there's going to be a big celebration for us uh, that night, you know. And uh, I mean, that was that was a, that was a fun night, and I'm glad. Uh, hey, it's it's really cool that uh, that's something that you and your your wife still remember for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you you guys, uh, despite everything, have become <laughs> her favorite people to watch in wrestling. It was, it was all of you guys, and Nick was there that night too, so that helped. What we what we didn't know then was uh, going to be strictly business. Yeah. Even though, despite the fact that like Tim Storm's like her other favorite person, you guys. I mean, hey, that's that's like everyone's favorite. Like Tim, Tim's a great guy. He's a great rival. He's someone I love being in the ring there with, but uh, it's really hard to deny, you know, how genuine and how amazing of a, a guy he is. And he's obviously a really, really talented wrestler that's had a storied career, even if he, even if he's always on the, the wrong side of strictly business. <laughs> it seems that way. It seems like <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he couldn't catch a break with you guys. So it was cool. <laughs> it was cool seeing you guys at the, the first pay-per-view since Crockett Cup, and it just uh, escaped my mind for some reason. Into the fire? Yeah, Into the Fire. God, how could I forget that? Into the Fire. Yeah, I was like, how could I forget that? But you guys uh, you guys uh, got some tights and stuff. It was finally cool seeing you guys uh, line up with a look. Yeah, it's been one of those things that has come together slowly but surely, and we're getting some uh, 
not to no spoilers, but we're getting some some new Jimmy Jams that you guys will be seeing very soon. So we're uh, we're coming together as a look. We're coming together as a team. And I think it's all evolved uh, organically. Where did the long tights go though? Like you did like one night with those, and then it's it's they disappeared. We've done them. Uh, so we did them on the the pay per view the first night. I uh, if uh, you watch the Into the Fire pay per view. Uh, you can see that I had to get a few modifications as my butt kept coming out. So uh, they were retired for the rest of the weekend. And uh, I mean, I'm sure there's probably someone out there right now trying to find footage. Uh, shout out to our, my weird fans. Um, but uh, there's, uh, we got them modified. And then on the second uh, set of tapings, I wore them, uh, uh, I want to say, in my match with, uh, with Nick against Rock and Roll Express. So those are definitely still in the mix. There's some new tights that are being made as well and some uh, new trunks. So it's one of those things I think we both like kind of having that versatile uh, long pants look, but also having the trunks uh, as well. So I, I think I actually, now that you say that, I remember seeing you wear them again. I think I blamed it on Tom in my head because he's always done <laughs> like the, the kilt look or whatever. So I, I was yeah. assuming like maybe he had a problem with like uh, the pants version or something. Like he just was not into actual pants or i think the, i think the pants were his idea i personally like showing off my my legs because i think it's one of my uh my strongest uh, attributes is i've always had big legs in fact i'm dealing with some uh some elbow bursitis this week uh and uh so i i've hit legs already twice this week and then i'm gonna hit him two more times because i can't do any upper body lifting so i'm i'm all about the leg stuff but at the same time i really like changing up the look and I thought the uh, the black pants looked really slick, so I'm excited to show you you guys the next uh, iteration of uh, of long tights. Yeah, so uh, I guess you probably can't talk about it too much right this second, but you, you kind of hinted at the Crockett Cup. Is that is that a thing the wild cards are looking at? Yeah, man. I mean, I think to me that's you know wild card season for us. You know, this is to me it's a it's a pretty big moment because it's our one year anniversary last year as the wild card team kind of coming out of nowhere and making it all the way to the finals uh this year to me at least doing anything less than actually winning the Crockett Cup would be a huge letdown and I know that to Tom that's it, that would be the same same case where we're both like our eyes are on the prize and we really like if it's a tag team tournament and we're a tag team in the NWA this is you know this is our world series playoffs you know what i mean like this is the the nfl you know the super bowl is the is the finals there whatever sports analogy you want to go to like this is our event so i know that me and tom both hold ourselves to a really high standards and i think that anything other than bringing home the cup bringing home the belts uh would be a really big disappointment to, to both of us and i know we've both been working our asses off in order to get there where i was gonna go next was uh like since that time with strictly business, I mean, one of the cool things with you, I don't know how well you knew that like you and Tom and Camille and Nick were going to be hanging out with each other full time there. But now you guys as a unit are, you're an awesome like faction, but how does that feel to you? Just ending up in that group, I guess is what I'm thinking. Like, just, just talk about that for a minute. Like, cause you got like Tom, who's a, who's a veteran who's been training for a while. Camille, who ended up being the, I mean, one of the hottest things on NWA power for lots of reasons, obviously. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Nick, who's arguably the, the, the best promo in the business, right? This minute. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the real world's champion. 
Yeah, man. No, I, uh, it's one of those things that I am on one hand, I'm very grateful for because it's an amazing spot and it's an amazing thing to be a part of. On the other hand, it, in a good way, puts a lot of pressure on me and a chip on my shoulder that I have to prove that I can hold my own and that I belong there. So it's a big stage, but it's a big stage that I have to prove myself on. And personally, I thrive best when the lights are on. I thrive best when the pressure's on, when it's that like pressure cooker situation. So I think it's the best way for my skills to develop. I think that people can see that already. Uh, watching through NWA Power, my growth so far, I think that it's only going to continue from there. And you know, it's one of those things that it's strictly business. So we all got to bring something to the to the table. And I think that so far I've done a good job of of showing that I can hang, and that's that's only going to continue in the future. Uh, and I only think strictly business is going uh, going up and uh, just continuing to to raise our stock and crush it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I, I think you do a good job of, like, standing out on your own. Everybody seems to have their own personality, and, and that's one thing I, I, I've liked about what you've done so far uh, that I've seen in the business. is like you you seem to be working to make yourself unique uh, in every way, from, from your look, the tassels and everything. I mean, what what is that what you're going for? You were just, like, looking for ways to stand out, and that's where all that stuff came from? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that I've always enjoyed, like, I, with the tassels, I was like a, a Texas Tornado, a Kerry Von Eric fan, and I was like, no one's really embraced the tassels as much, or obviously, like, Ultimate Warrior did it quite a bit, but, like, it's one of those things that hadn't been super embraced on, like, a, a, a big stage in quite some time, so I thought it was a unique way to kind of stand out, and I, I just personally like tassels quite a bit. Um you know, Hawaiian shirts and, and the stash obviously stand out as well because I feel like that's, like, I haven't really, I mean, I could be wrong, but I haven't seen a lot of uh, wrestlers wearing the Hawaiian shirts around and whatnot, so I just thought it was a it was a look that worked for me, and uh, I thought it, yeah, it stood out, so it was just unique, and I think it's one of those things that, like, too many people are trying to do the same stuff or cosplay as each other or whatever you want to call it, but, like, to me, I this is an art. So if I'm going to be an artist and I'm going to express myself and do something different, that's exactly what I'm going to try to do. Is you know my own unique thing and be the best Royce Isaacs rather than be the best Elvis impersonator or whatever. Now that ma- that makes perfect sense. Uh, earlier you were talking about too, like Crockett Cup. By the way, just to go into the Gateway uh, Center. Has has the arena or like the studio started to feel like home? I know that you're used to like the studio setting with uh I, I recommend anybody who does it already, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I watch it every week and uh and, and you're killing it over there too, which is obviously like kind of a studio show. How does it compare to like the NWA studio? Yeah, no, I I love studio wrestling I think is really fun. I think the NWA has brought on a big stage like the just the general feel and the idea of it back where people see the advantages of oh you have this like intimate crowd that's right there that really cares and is really invested in all the characters whether it's hating the bad guys or cheering for the good guys and whatever it's like everyone cares there's no apathy there's not a bunch of people on their phones or like playing with beach volleyballs or whatever it's people that really care about what happened to these characters and there's obviously you know an advantage when you're watching a show and you hear how you know how excited or how hot a crowd is for something it's hard not to get caught up in that as well um at the same time i am super excited for 
uh, a crack a cup and to get outside of our comfort zone a little bit because there is something that's also special about when you can be in front of thousands of people and have them really light it up and go crazy and whatnot. So it's like there there's advantages to both sides, and I'm glad that as part of the NWA, I get to experience both of those things. Yeah, and one of the cool parts, I think, about the studio, too, is just, like, the group of fans that are there that get really passionate about the product, and there's, like, this family of fans. One of those people, by the way, is uh, <laughs> your dad is there yes. every time I'm there, and it might surprise some people, but he is, like, the nicest guy, like, every time I talk to him. He is a cool cat, man. I, I like talking to your dad. How, how, is that is that fun for you that he just happens to, like, get to be at all those studio shows? Yeah, absolutely. I, I obviously being on the West Coast, it's been uh, hard for him to, um, you know, he lives in South Carolina, so it's been hard at times for him to uh, be able to see as much of my wrestling. But now, uh, doing shows in Atlanta, that's a pretty quick drive. And uh, he's, you know, the biggest fan of my wrestling career, partly because I got into wrestling, watching it with him as a kid. And in addition, being part of an organization as cool as the NWA, I've gotten to wrestle against the Rock and Roll Express that, you know, he watched when, when he was younger. I've gotten to wrestle with, uh, we brought in Scott Steiner as like a Strictly Business special, you know, one night uh, member of Strictly Business. And Steiner is someone that I really looked up to and modeled myself after in a lot of ways uh, personally, but also it's someone that we watched together uh, when I was growing up. So like that's this really cool kind of, full circle thing that we got to experience together and i know it's meant a lot to him and uh i was gonna ask my, you about that scott steiner thing like yeah uh, sorry to cut you off just, you, no you're fine you standing behind him during those scott steiner <laughs> promos like you, yeah. you looked so excited to be there. Yeah, yeah man i if anyone hasn't seen the video it's my pinned uh tweet so if you go to my twitter you can uh check it out or whatever but yeah like it's me in full character, but also, you know, clearly marking out, you know, as Scott Steiner has just, you know, is cutting this Scott Steiner classic promo. And it's like, I can't even, uh, you know, it's like, it's like hard for me to process how fucking cool that was to have one of my heroes and, and to be able to experience that. Um, and there's no, no place you're going to get that. Unlike the, you know, that's, that's quite the same as the NWA. So he seems real too. Like he seems like he is just like, uh, it's hard for me to say this without sounding like I'm talking down about him. And I don't mean this, but he just seems like the jock, like the, <laughs> like the pushy guy. <laughs> like he's just, he just seems like that's him. Like that's his Scott. His yeah. Scott, Scott is authentic. Scott is himself. And there's nothing on like, you, you're not going to change who he is or how he is like Scott is Scott and he's the man in my opinion. I, I love me some Scott Steiner, obviously, but it's one of those things like whether you love him or you hate him or whatever, like none of that's going to change Scott Steiner. Like he's a boulder. He's immovable by your personal opinion of him or whatever you try to do about like, he's just Scott Steiner and he's going to be himself and he's going to be authentic. So you might as well, you know, learn to enjoy it. No, that's, that's awesome. And it's cool to hear about you and your dad and, and, so so was it was it hard like how did your dad feel uh you know I, I hate to bring this up but like when like <laughs> say you you guys face the Rock and Roll Express and the Rock and Roll Express take the tag titles off of you like where where does he go with that I mean my dad's a fan uh of wrestling at the end of the day and uh 
he, he enjoys the tapings and I think it's cool for him to watch me work with legends like that. Obviously he wants the best for me. So he wants me to, uh, uh, beat, beat the rock and roll express up and whatnot. But I mean, he, if you, if you, not that I'm not going to tell people who my dad is in the crowd, but if you knew who he was and you watched the show, you'd see him going crazy for all the, all the different stuff, uh, uh, all the all the different hijinks and all the craziness that happens in the GPB studios. Has uh has May met your dad? You know, it's one of those things that we've been meaning to have happen, and it keeps like literally. She was finishing up blog stuff uh, last time, and my dad had to uh, to run, so we weren't able to meet up and uh, all that. But I think Crockett Cup would be a perfect time for her to meet my dad, and uh, hopefully, I'll have some new hardware with me that I can show off uh the the cup and the the titles and then i can also uh you know show off my my girls and my dad that would be nice uh man those tag titles dude i uh you know again not to rub salt in the wounds but when after i was i was vip and after the the uh rock and roll had them i got to do a photo with the rock and roll and they just threw those things on my shoulders and i was like jesus these things are ridiculous like everybody talks about the 10 pounds of gold these things feel like they weigh 50 no they really do like that when i was saying hardware i wasn't like kidding like usually like oh i got some hardware hey like here's my belt this is cool like no like you will kill a man or poke an eye out with that like they're heavy heavy they are they they it's deceptively heavy (laughs) and uh, yeah uh, another side of you, by the way, that I'm, I'm interested in just to, uh, get it out of you is like you, you know, we talked about the true crime stuff, which is like a dark side and everything, but I, you, you just did some stuff with second city and I thought that yeah. was really, really cool. Cause you, you, are you, you know, like we, we talked about, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood and everything. I mean, I know that you started out in Colorado and you moved out to LA, um, what was it just the wrestling that brought you out of there out there or was it like also like this side of you that has i don't know the startled thing going on you know <laughs> no i uh i mean i, I came out to la just because denver wasn't as big of a market and i thought there were i think so, so southern california probably has some of the best wrestlers uh and the most like like everyone can wrestle here everyone is good and i knew that the old like dan gable saying like iron sharpens iron um i I think there's a lot of really talented guys on the East Coast too, obviously, but I think there's a little bit of a East Coast bias when it comes to pro wrestling. I think when you look at the place that PWG came out of, there's a reason that PWG came out of Southern California. Um, and it's because West Coast, you know, Southern California wrestlers are really, really good. So I, I moved out here, honestly, to better myself and to be in a bigger market. Uh, I've, it's led to some cool opportunities. Um like I was on Shark Tank last year, which was really random and cool. Um, obviously, working with Second City was really cool. Uh, that was actually through uh, Ryan Nemeth, which is uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother. And he's really talented. And he's a guy that really needs to get his just due because he can he can do it all. He's really good in ring. He's really good uh, with his – he's so funny with his comedy. And he's a good actor. Uh, he actually has a movie coming out later this year called Heal. Uh, that he starred in and, and wrote and produced and all this stuff. And I'm actually in it in like a little extra role. Uh, and I know like a few other people are in it, like Brody King uh, is in a, a major role. I think maybe like Chavo or someone else is in it as well. It's It should be really cool. And I can't wait to see that uh, uh, later this year. But uh, LA is really cool that it has all these extra opportunities, but I really don't, I don't go out of my way trying to find a lot of stuff because I don't want to be one of those people that gets too lost. Like, 
looking at all this other stuff and, and doing things other than wrestling because I want wrestling to be my focus. Like I came out here to be a wrestling star, not just like a movie star or whatever. And that might be indicative of uh, <laughs> being dumb or something. Cause I feel like I'd make a lot more money being in, in showbiz and whatever, but like wrestling is what I love and wrestling is what I have a passion for and wrestling is what I want to do. So that's been my focus. No, that's, that's, that's respectful. I mean, I, 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 I appreciate that about you. And, uh, while, while you're giving shout outs too, I, I just want to tell people, uh, and your stuff over at CWFH, I, I was watching today. I had not, for some reason I had missed this, but I YouTubed and saw, uh, you versus Bateman at a bull rope match. Yeah. That was insane, dude. You guys beat yeah. the shit out of each other. Yeah. I would definitely recommend, uh, anyone that likes like a good bloody violent match, uh, YouTube, Royce Isaacs versus Tyler Bateman, bull rope match. Um, it's one of my favorite matches I've ever had. I think Bateman, who he's now with uh, with Ring of Honor, he's one of the most talented guys out there. And I was lucky enough to get to work with him on numerous occasions uh, this last year before we both got signed. And uh, that's probably my, my favorite match that we had together just because it was so violent and so intense physically. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I won't ruin it, but there's a lot of blood and a lot of big time moves, and and it's really fun uh, in a painful way. Now that I'm removed from it, I can enjoy it as a fun thing. And now that uh, now that me and Bateman are at uh, uh, different companies, we usually meet for like pancakes on Wednesdays at the uh, the Pancake Factory in uh, North Hollywood. So he's a, he's a good dude. While we're on this track, what what are the chances you could put in a word at the NWA for like Jorel Nelson? Hey, I I would love to see Jarrell Nelson have a uh, a big big year this year. Uh, I think that Jarrell is one of the the best unsigned guys that's going right now. If you watch his stuff, he's he's other otherworldly in the ring, and I think he has a lot of uh, a charisma and a, a huge upside. So I really hope I'd like to see him. Whether maybe it's like the Circle Squared or you know some kind of opportunity, or or even if it's elsewhere, I just want to see uh my boy eat this year because he's still one of my best friends we uh we uh uh watch the super bowl together we train together um you know i'm i i'm i'm a big big supporter of Jarrell nelson so i i hope that i hope that i don't know where he'll end up but i hope he ends up somewhere and i'd love it if it was the nwa because it'd be cool to be uh uh be at the nwa with him yeah, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I, I like what he does. Uh, Royce, I want to be respectful of your time, so I'm going to ask you just like uh, a couple of things real quick here. Uh, one thing that was on my mind is I heard on uh, Kind of Fun, you mentioned this goes back to the L.A. thing and, and movies and that sort of stuff, but I, like I said, I do the movie podcast. One of my favorite movies is I'm a huge Sean Carpenter fan. I'm a big Trouble in Little China fan. And he, oh, yeah. You you said you based some of yourself on like uh, on Kurt Russell in that movie. Like, what what are you thinking of? Like, when you when you when you think of Big Trouble? Oh man, that's yeah. It's an all time classic. It's one of my favorite movies. I think Jack Burton is a great anti hero, and uh, yeah, no, I think that <laughs> if you look deep enough into the Royce character, there are certain aspects of myself that I think are pretty clear. Uh, uh, shout outs to kind of his uh confidence like his his maybe his confidence and his swagger and like a little bit of that like hell yeah i got this and secretly you don't got this at all but it kind of works out in the end you know right right so uh so i i, I 
like I said, I talked to Sal Renaro before this, and I mean, people uh-huh. are gonna kill me if I if I don't bring this up. Um, uh-huh. Wrap things up, but you know, uh, as as at the time we're recording this, everybody just saw you. Uh, you and May have been together for a little while now, and uh, she's obviously really good friends with Sal. You you had an episode on yeah. WA Power, like, did, you know, did you think you you took things too far? Do you think? you know, maybe that got out of hand. Here's, here's what's crazy is it's like this weird, like media spin cycle thing that like, yeah, I lost my cool a little bit. I'm usually a cooler customer than that, but like, it's turned into this thing of like Royce Isaacs thinks that men and women can't be friends. It's like being framed up. Like I can't win this situation. I, I could never argue with that. I would never say that men and women can't be friends. I think that that's certainly true. You have to go back, look at the actual interview and what was going on before that. You see how Sal's arm was going around her. You see how he was talking about her. He literally says, I helped her with her lingerie line. Like, what what exactly did he help with? What experience does this man have in lingerie that he would help May with a lingerie line in, in an appropriate, for a BFF, quote, air quotes, if you couldn't hear my air quotes, way? You know what I mean? Like, put yourself in my shoes. And think about, you know, your wife now is, oh, she's starting a a lingerie line with some dude that you don't really know or you don't really trust. And your only interaction has been that one time when he was talking crap about you and you overheard him doing it. Like, I, (laughs) it's very easy to frame me as this crazy, jealous boyfriend. But I think if you take it out of the wrestling world and think about it in real terms for a second, you realize maybe i'm not so paranoid maybe i'm not so crazy yeah that that actually does make a lot of sense all right royce well i'm not going to take up any more of your time i thank you very much for doing this uh tell the people where they can find you like on all the social media if they want to escape the spin uh the media (laughs) cycle here (laughs) you uh you want to follow me at royce isaacs on instagram at royce isaacs on twitter Obviously, every Tuesday at 6.05 Eastern, 3.05 Pacific is NWA Power on the NWA YouTube page. And if you want some merch, if you want a wildcard shirt, you want a Royce Isaacs shirt, you want an 8x10, a pin, anything like that, holler at the DMs uh, and I'll, I'll respond. And I would, you know, I, I love to give a, spend any time with fans that I can. And, and, and just uh, hopefully if you, if you listen to this podcast and you got something out of it uh, and you enjoyed it, I, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, let us know what you think. Let Royce know what you think. And uh, that wild card shirt's pretty sweet, so definitely do that. All right. Thanks so much, Royce. Hey, thank, thank you, Gary. It was, it was a pleasure connecting. One, two, three.